we often don't talk about mental health and depression and things like that here. But it's very important because it's something that many people here have dealt with. Some time ago, we polled you guys and asked, what are folks going through? And one of the questions was, if anybody has dealt and faced with depression? And unfortunately, there were quite a lot of people that had. And we also asked about suicide as well. We asked if anybody had done such a thing or had tried to commit suicide. And unfortunately, there were some yeses to that as well. So for the next 30 minutes or so, however much time we have, I want you guys to be with me here. Put your phones away. If you're sitting next to somebody that you're gonna keep talking, get up and move, get up and move, get up and move. Yes, thank you. So, there's some seats over here, come back there. Thank you. Ebenezer, right? Thank you. So, for the next 30 minutes or so, we're going to be talking through this. I'm going to be giving you guys some stats, but also flavored with a lot of word. Because as believers, that's how we get through things. That's who we are grounded on in Christ. And just bear with me here. Okay? In the U.S. alone, about 17.3 million American adults, or about 8% of the population, face depressive disorders. Suicide was the second leading cause of death among individuals between ages 10 and 34, and the fourth leading cause of death among individuals between 35 to 54. From 2001 through 2017, for the total population, the total suicide rate increased 31% just in the past 16 or so years. For every two homicides committed in the US, there are three suicides. The suicide rate for older adults is more than 50% higher than the rate for the nation as a whole. Major depressive disorder is more prevalent in women than in men. Depression is caused Depression is the cause of over two-thirds of the 30,000 reported suicides in each year. So this is personal. This affects us. I think everybody in here knows someone or they themselves that have dealt and struggled with mental health. And being within the African community, within the black community, these are things that are stigmatized. These are things that are seen as taboo. That nobody can deal with such a thing that it's only the devil. And yes, while that piece is accurate, we must also talk about it and get an understanding because that alone is not sufficient. Because people who struggle with this go around life wondering, when will this leave me? I want to be able to make sure that we're very clear on depression versus sadness. So we all get sad, okay? We all get sad, we all go through some times that we struggle to find joy in things. Depression itself is something that is defined 
as a major episode of at least two weeks of a depressed mood or loss of interest or pleasure in almost all activities, as well as one, five other symptoms. Sleep changes, changes in appetite and weight, increase in appetite every day, decreased energy or fatigue almost every day, difficulty concentrating, making decisions and thinking clearly. There's a lot of things that have to happen for it to be classified in that range of depression. Okay? Now the reason why we also talk about suicide as well is what I mentioned earlier. Now depression is the cause of over two-thirds of the suicides that are reported each year. So it doesn't necessarily mean that if you're depressed, you're going to commit suicide, but they are related to each other well enough that it's something that we have to discuss. Okay? So why do all of these things happen? What do we have to ask ourselves when things like this happen? Where can we go within the word to get a better understanding? So what causes depression? Some of the things here, just go into science class for a minute. You've got genetics. Brain chemistry imbalance, poor nutrition, drugs, stress, physical health, just things going on in that individual's life, life circumstances. And that life circumstance is the part that I want to focus on here for today. You can go into the brain chemistry imbalance and all those things and talk about neurotransmitters, but I think that might be a little bit over us for, for the discussion that we have here today. But what we all kind of have a better understanding of and I think can relate better to is when things happen in life that cause us to go into a depressive state. And if we're not careful, we're not pressing press to God, we may stay there. For those who had mentioned that they, that they had considered suicide, know that you are not alone. There are eight out of 10 people who have considered such a thing and given it some thought in the U.S. alone. Every year, over 47,000 people lose their lives through suicide. So what do we have to say about all of this? How does this relate to the younger people? The good news the younger people have consistently lower suicide rates than middle-aged and older adults. But the problem is the percentage is still too much for me to stomach. The percentage is 14%. Even 1%, even 0.1% is too much. And we as believers must understand why and how we can relate to these guys and how we can help. In case we don't make it to the end, my biggest point and what I want from you guys today is when you come to church, when you're outside of church, check in on people and say, hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? We need each other. We need one another. We all go through so much. But ask those questions. How are you doing? How are you feeling today? And some people go through a mood, they don't always want to speak. There are times where you just want to have to sit next to the person. I don't know if you've ever noticed, if somebody's ever going through, if you guys have ever been to a, 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 a funeral 
before. When people come and they sit, they don't say anything. And there's a reason for that, and that's biblical, as we'll read pretty soon. So I want us to take us the story through Job. Job being a man who had his fair share of depression and suicidal problems. So what does the Bible have to say about things? The Bible has so much to say about everything. You just have to ask. You just have to ask of the Lord, Lord, what can I learn? How can I learn more about this? And how can I deal with the pain that I'm going through right now? So if you guys would journey on with me, if you have a Bible, and I hope you or somebody near you does, if we go on over to Job chapter 7. Job chapter 7. And I need a Bible Job chapter 7, yes. If you're there, say amen. If you need time, say hold up. Job chapter 7. All right, we're all there. Will you all help me stand as we read God's word? Reverence with the Word of the Lord. Job chapter 7. We are reading Job chapter 7, friends. We're reading Job chapter 7. Starting at verse 1. Are you there? Job 7. Alright guys, I'm going to be reading... But I'm waiting for us to be quiet. All right. Job chapter 7 says, I'm reading from the ESV version. Has not man a hard service on earth? And are not his days like the days of a hired hand? Like a slave who longs for the shadow, and like a hired hand who looks for his wages, so I am allotted months of emptiness and nights of misery are portioned to me. When I lie down, I say, when shall I rise? But the night is long, and I am full of tossing till the dawn. My flesh is clothed with worms and dirt. My skin hardens and breaks out afresh. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and come to their end without hope. Remember that my life is a breath my eye will never see again. My eye will never again see good. The eye of him who sees me will behold me no more. While your eyes are on me, I shall be gone. As, this, as the cloud fades and vanishes, so he who goes down to Sheol does not come up. He returns no more to his house, nor does his place know him anymore. Therefore, I will not restrain my mouth I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Am I the sea or a sea monster that you set a guard over me? When I say my bed will comfort me, my couch will ease my complaint. Then you scare me with dreams and terrify me with visions so that I would choose strangling and death 
rather than my bones. I loathe my life. I will not live forever. Leave, leave me alone, for my days are breath. What is man that you make so much of him and that you set your heart on him? Visit him every morning and test him every moment. How long will you not look away from me, nor leave me alone till I swallow my spit? If I sin, what do I do to you, you watcher of mankind? Why have you made me your mark? Why have I become a burden to you? Why do you not pardon my transgression and take away my iniquity? For now I shall lie in the earth. You will seek me, but I shall be, but, but I shall not be. Beloved, look over to your neighbor and say, neighbor. neighbor. Oh, neighbor. neighbor. Are you okay? Are you may okay? be seated in the presence of the Lord. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you so much for this day. Lord, I just ask that you work through me and speak through me through to give your word. God, I pray that your word will be given to your people today. And they will hear and they will understand. That God, you are with them, even through their discomfort. That you are with them through their pain. That you are with them, Lord God, and that you have not left them like this. And that you will keep them through all the days. In Jesus' mighty name I do pray. Amen. So, a guide given. We've read through Job. We've read through chapter 7 and seen all the things that this man has gone through. Who can give me a background on Job? What was happening a couple of chapters earlier? Anybody? Yeah, you hear that? Didn't he lose everything? Yep, he lost everything. Wait. So Job was not about to kill his son and God stopped him. That that would be Abraham. Uh-huh. Yeah, God gave everything in the world and went away. That's true. Yep. She just gave us a summary. Job went through a lot. Job has everything. And the enemy took all those things away. But it's life. So to give you a background, on those of you who have never heard of Job, do not know Job. Job was a righteous man, as it was said. 
not what I'm saying. That's what Job chapter 1 is saying. Job was a righteous man. He knew the Lord and he loved the Lord. He made offerings to God during those days. He had all these children. He had, he had, Job had money. You think, you know, think of the richest person that you know. Job had probably had more money than whoever that person is, right? And then there are always things that go on in the heavenlies. When I say within, within heaven, God is on his throne and he sees the devil and he says, hey, devil, where are you going? He says, you know, I've just been going to and fro. I've just been going here and there, just, just walking around, controlling the earth. And God's like, what do you think of my, of, my, of my person, Job? What do you think of Job? And then the devil's like, well, you know, he's only, he's only serving you because you give him all these things. Like, take those things away, and I bet you he's going to curse you in your face. God's going to tell you, like, Job's going to tell God that, God, why have you done this? You're horrible, right? So then, God's like, all right. You can do everything that you want to him, but don't take his life. So the devil goes to work, and he takes Job's family, he takes Job's possessions, and then Job is still sticking to God. And God's like, look at that devil. And the devil's like, you know, it's because, you know, you don't let me inflict any pain to his actual body, you know? So then God's like, all right, go ahead, do that too. Just make sure you don't take his life. So then he goes ahead, and he inflicts all these boils and all these sores on, on Job's body, and Job just looks like a mess, right? So he's not only lost everything, his actual physical body, his health has deteriorated, it is horrible. And this gets us to Job chapter seven. Given all that Job has done, all that Job has gone through, he's confused. And he Life circumstances have hit him to a point where Job has become depressed and borderline suicidal as well. As we go through this and we'll see. So I want to take us through a couple of verses that we had read earlier and explain what it is that the Lord has to share with us there. Amen? So in the verses 3 and 4, we'd seen that it said, So I am allotted months of emptiness. And nights of misery are portioned to me. When I lie down, I say, when shall I rise? But the night is long, and I am full of tossing till the dawn. What we see here is classic escapism. Anybody know what escapism is? Escapism. Anybody? Escapism is just a desire to, to use a substance or an event to escape from what it is that you're actually going through. So, for example, people my, my age will work Monday through Friday, right? And then we're like, Friday night, I'm out living my life, right? But what we're really trying to escape is that stress that we were going through that Monday through Friday. So we use outside activities and late nights to escape from that thing instead of dealing with it head on and facing it, right? So Job was hoping to escape the night. Because when the nighttime comes, that's when things are difficult. That's when people are not there to speak to you as much. Maybe during the day you've got folks around, but during the night it's hard. I wonder if you guys have ever experienced that before. I, I certainly have. Things are much harder at night when we're alone and we're, we're with our thoughts. 
In our generation, we practice escapism more than any other generation. Instead of dealing with problems head on, people look to relieve themselves of the pain. And sometimes those things can be harmful and make things worse. And there are some things that we do that are not necessarily harmful, some things that we do that are not necessarily sinful, but if we're honest with ourselves, we're using those things to escape our problems instead of talking to God. Why do we do this? And I say this, why do we do this? And I think about this and look over my own life and, and all I've got to say, because sometimes it hurts to pray. And it hurts to trust God with our problems. Because we feel like things should have gone a certain way, but they didn't necessarily go that way. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. We must understand, however, that what is yours is yours. And the only person that can keep you from getting what's yours is you. There's a saying that people, that my African community, we say, we say, enemies no be God. Anybody, anybody heard that? Oh, I'm by myself. Okay, I'm on an island. I'm like, I'm like John on Patmos. So enemies, that was supposed to be a joke. John on Patmos, come on guys. You were reading Ecclesiastes, I mean, you were reading Ephesians. I thought you jumped over to Revelation. Okay, no, never mind. All right, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. So well, we, the solution for this is that instead of waiting until dawn, instead of waiting until the sunlight comes up again, turn the time that you're awake at night into prayer and praise. The reason why we went through Psalm 42, there's a reason why we've gone through each and every single one of these verses. The reason why we went through Psalm 42 is because in Psalm 42, we get the key solution that the psalmist David in that stance is speaking to his own soul and he's giving counsel to his soul and he's telling his soul, soul, I need you to sing. So when you're going through a tough time, when you're feeling depressed and you're going through those moments, sing. If you can't pray right then and there, sing. Sing a praise unto the Lord and see what it does for your heart. When I'm sad, I sing. Oh, when I'm anything, I always sing. Anyway, you guys already know that, but I'm the worst. I can't, I don't have a voice, nothing like that, but I will sing regardless, right? So practical things. When you are awake at night and you, and you toss and turn in your bed and you can't wait until dawn comes, turn that into prayer and praise. That's what Psalm 42 teaches us. And then later on, we see within the verse 6 and 7 that those who are depressed, as Job was, they have a difficult time seeing hope. Without hope in God, the soul aches. The soul goes through so much turmoil. And the solution for this, practical steps for you as you're writing things down, I hope, is pull out all the verses about hoping in God. Remember all that God has done for you. Write them down and memorize them. Write them down and memorize them. Job came across my mind because I was doing a similar thing, struggling with so many things. I pulled out a whole list and said, Job went through this, Ezekiel went through this, John lost his head. 
on a platter because some woman wanted it. Like, things happen. But all of these things, in one way or another, work together for the glory of God. When you're going through something, as we see in the verse 11, Job teaches us something here. Job says, Therefore I will not restrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. When you're going through some things, open your mouth and talk to God about it. Be careful when you complain, right? Do not curse God in your speaking. Know your place. It is okay to ask God to do something, but it is never okay to tell God how and when to do it. And then the biggest thing of all is that we see in the verses 12 to 15. It says, Am I the sea or a sea monster that you set a guard over me when I say, My bed will comfort me, my couch will ease my complaint. Then you scare me with dreams and terrify me with visions, so that I would choose strangling and death rather than my bones. Job has moved from a state of depression into having suicidal thoughts. I know somebody here relates to Job. But what I want us to remember, remember how we started all this in the chapter one and explained what was going on in the heavenlies. Job does not see the big picture. He doesn't know what happened in the heavenlies. He doesn't know the type of conversations that God had with the devil. He doesn't know who is rooting him on, cheering him on, what's going on in the heavenlies. Where the saints are cheering him on, pushing him, go on, keep on going, Job. Keep on pressing, pressing on, Job. Run the race that is ahead of you. But instead, Job believes that God is to blame for the discomfort, even though it is the work of the devil. The devil has deceived Job, and he's caused him to not only lose hope, but consider taking his own life. Guys, do not lose hope in God. I am not a medical doctor, nor am I a scientist. But if there's one thing that I do know going through life experiences, is that when we lose hope, we can't get through anything. We can't see the other side without hope in God. Have you ever gotten to this point where you've lost absolutely all hope? And how did you respond? Job, a man who was righteous, know that, know that it's okay and that it happens. It's okay that these things happen, but know that it is not okay to stay this way. That you have to rely and press into God. If Job saw the conversation that God and Satan had, he would have responded differently. Completely differently. Because he knows what's going on, right? There's a test that's going on. The devil's trying to deceive me. All those things. He would have responded differently. Understand that our finite minds, our limited capacity of understanding, cannot comprehend nor grasp all the ways that God works for his glory, especially through our pain. And this is so real to me now, more than ever in my life. 
that God gets the glory in his own way. But even through pain, he does the same thing. And we read about what we, what we talked about with Lazarus last time, that Lazarus died when God was just a mile away. He could have walked on over, but he waited, right? So all of these things, we see that when God rose Lazarus from the dead, people believed in Jesus. And where did, where did the glory go? The glory went to God. So even through the midst of your pain, in the midst of your depression, that you cannot seem to try and get yourself out. There is joy in it. Finding that joy. Joy is not necessarily just this constant happy all the time. Joy is knowing that I'm going through this difficult thing, but I still have hope in Christ. That is the way that I need you guys to see this and see joy. Because if we think of joy as just a feeling all the time, we don't feel that way. We feel as if we're letting God down in some sort of way that we're not excited all the time. But knowing that joy is that sense of hope that whatever we're going through, that God still got us. So never forget that the devil deceives on earth and accuses in heaven. We talked about the accusing in heaven piece. He's out here accusing Job while he's on earth deceiving Job. Ain't that crazy? Doing two things all at the same time. And he does the same thing to us as well. He's up there telling God, God, he's done this and that and that. While he's down here telling us, why hasn't God done, done this and that and that for you? Look at what God has done to you in your life. All to do what? To make you lose hope. I said earlier that what is yours is yours. And the only person that can keep you from that is yourself. When you allow yourself to lose hope and allow the enemy to try and take that away from you. God does not want you, for anybody, for anybody who is faced battling with depression, Battling with suicidal thoughts, I want you to know that you are loved and God does not want you to take your life. And that I love you. And then everybody else here, as believers, we all have a heart for you and we care for you. And we want you to just, just be there with us and for us to be able to help you in any way that we can. So as I said in the beginning of all of this, that's what my ask of everybody in here is, that you ask people as you go around, how are you doing today? If you see somebody with a frown, see somebody that's down, even somebody with a smile, man, because things can be masked. Just ask the person, what's going on in your life? How can I be helpful to you today? Don't come to church just to see what can I get out of church. Come to church to see how can I be a blessing onto somebody else. We were having this conversation yesterday, right? How can you be a blessing on somebody else? And that's, that's as simple as just, hey, how are you? How's your day been? What are you going through? How can I help? We'll think that we're annoying each other, but the person will go home really appreciating the fact that their presence is felt and acknowledged. And finally, we see in the verse 17 to 19, he says, what is man that you make so much of him? Job saying here. And that you set your heart on him. Visit him every morning and test him every moment. How long will you not look away from me, nor leave me alone till I swallow my spit? 
This is so amazing. Because despite all the pain that Job is going through, deep, deep, deep down, deep, deep down in my heart, I have Job in my heart. Nobody knows these songs. Deep, deep down in my heart, Jesus ain't to me. And no one can destroy. Y'all know this. I have joy in my heart. Deep in my heart. Deep, deep down in my heart. Hey, y'all don't even know about this. Anyway. Okay. So. <laughs> Sorry. The last thing that I wanted to mention with you guys is that deep down. Deep, deep down, despite all that Job is going through, he knows that God loves him. And that truth can never be denied. Guys, be with me here. Be with me here on this, guys. Deep down, Job knows the truth. The truth cannot be denied. We may not say it when we're, going, when we're struggling, but the truth is the truth for those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Thank you so much. God bless you. Did we already talk about why we do communion, guys? We'll, we'll explain it someday. Thank you. Bless the Lord. So, we'll take a minute, a little break for communion. We When we do communion, guys, is an expression that we take the blood of Christ And the body of Christ being the bread. And we remember Christ. So as you're taking communion, please take a short moment. It should be a long moment. Remember Christ. Remember what Christ did on the cross for you. And we are all together. We are all one in Christ. We all live for the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's continue, guys. We're almost there, okay? So this was the last part that I wanted to leave you guys with, with the verse 17 to 19, that despite all the pain that Job went through, deep down, he knows that God loves him. And I know that too. And I hope you guys know that as well. That you never think for a moment that God doesn't love you. God may have taken something. But know that he doesn't leave you hanging. He really doesn't. So, to anybody that's ever struggled with depression, anybody that's ever struggled with suicide, I want us to take a minute and just pray for you guys today before we close. Amen? Will we all stand and pray for those of our brothers and sisters who struggle? Thank you.